You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of having a conversation with one of my teachers, Tiffany Cruikshank. Tiffany is the founder of Yoga Medicine, a community of teachers focused on fusing anatomy and Western medicine with traditional yoga practices to serve the medical communities. Tiffany has trained thousands of teachers around the world. She has graced the cover of over 15 magazines and has been regularly featured in major media outlets. She is also the author of two books. With a background in acupuncture and sports medicine, Tiffany has worked with celebrities, athletes, and corporate professionals alike in her own private clinics and at the Nike World Headquarters. Tiffany also founded and continues to run two nonprofits, one conducting research on yoga's therapeutic benefits and the other supporting a shelter for women rescued from trafficking in Delhi, India. You can take classes now with Tiffany at the new Yoga Medicine online platform. Listen in now to my conversation with Tiffany Cruikshank. Welcome back, Tiffany. I'm excited to have you again on the podcast. Um, you joined me in season one, and now um, actually the podcast, the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, is rolling into its third season. So welcome, and I just like to ask the guests how they're doing um, when they're on the on the show. So how are you doing today? I'm good. It's, it's a rainy day in <laughs> Seattle. No surprise. Thanks for having yeah, me. Congrats well, thank you. Season. Yeah, thank you. It, it's been, um, gosh, it feels like just getting started. And then it's like, uh, I, I released today, actually the 50th episode. So it's like, wow. wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's really been, um, just something great and not something that I, you know, really saw on the horizon until it kind of showed up about a year or so ago. Um, but moving into season three, just trying to give context to, to listeners and understanding kind of the overall concept and my vision, I guess, for, season three, because season one was about beginning, getting started in a variety of ways of conversations I had. Season two was this concept of becoming. And now season three, in my vision, is this this expansion or even this this concept of expanding beyond. Mm. So I like to give that little context in the beginning. And and I'm a word person. So I could Google words and try to make sure I have an understanding of them, especially even sometimes words that are you know, very familiar, but it's like, do I really know what they mean? But when I, when I look into expand, it gives some definition of like to become or make larger or more extensive and to give a fuller version or account of. And then when I look into expansion, it's, it's this formed by the enlargement or the broadening or development of something. And so I guess that's where we'll kind of get going and started is this kind of how can we look at this kind of overall broad concept of expanding or expansion, but in regards to the yoga practice. So how do we look at it in a broad context of the yoga practice? And then, you know, as we start to individualize it as a student, what are your thoughts about that? (laughs) I love that. I feel like there's so many ways to go. And I, 
I agree. I think language is such an interesting thing, especially as a yoga teacher or a healthcare provider or really anyone that works works with people. Our mm-hmm. language is such an interesting thing. So I love that you started with that. Um, you know, I, I think of this concept of expansion and it kind of brings me back to, you know, first off, you know, what is our purpose? I really believe that our job is to commit ourselves to something in our lifetime. And that can, mm-hmm. that can train change a lot of times over and that, but you know, it might be most of us wear several hats as well. And as a yoga teacher, you know, our commitment is to continuing to learn and grow as a student and a teacher. And, you know, this would be true of, of other professions as well. We, we pick a thing so that hmm. we can go deep and we can expand. There's, there's so much information in the world right now. And there's mm-hmm. so much, to consume in the world, you know, information and media and obviously food and and (laughs) so many other things we can consume um, that can also consume our time. And so, you know, this commitment to a thing is so important. And again, there's not usually just one thing. Most of us, if you're not a yoga teacher, you probably have another profession as well as a yoga practice, as well as probably a family and maybe a, a hobby and other things that you do. But our ability to commit ourselves deeply to something, whether that's practicing yoga or teaching yoga, I think allows us to go deeper and to continue to grow and expand. And that commitment might just be showing up on our mat for a few right. minutes a day. Right. <laughs> it gives us that capacity to what you're talking about is to expand. And the expansion, I think, can come in so many different ways, you know, that can come through just immersing ourselves in in self-study in in the practice of yoga it can be through reading books and taking courses and learning about Mm -hmm. the body or the practice you know there's no end to that learning right (laughs) i think about the practical level too like a yoga teacher and really anywhere you are along the pathway whether you're a new teacher or you've been on the pathway for a while but you know there is so much and um you know, it could become overwhelming. And I I think I've had conversations Mm -hmm. with teachers that they, they start to feel like they need to, to be this and that, and all the, you know, all these things that they end up being overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. they don't really apply the knowledge that they've been acquiring or consuming, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. With the expansion comes the overwhelm too. (laughs) get so excited. I see this too in our yoga medicine community. They're we tend to draw really curious people like myself, <laughs> which I love, but it also makes you feel like is, as you become aware of how much more there is to learn, you start to feel inadequate too. In right. Ways. Like I, I need to dig deeper. I need to know more before I can show up and do this. And I think yes. it's a good reminder too, that, you know, we're, we're always in, in process, <clears throat> you know, and learning any kind of learning, whether that's yoga or otherwise is constantly a work in progress and so we have to be we we have to be okay with that and i think sometimes our perfectionistic tendencies kick in i know for me you know wanting it to be just right before <laughs> i share it with someone whether that's you know with a one-on-one you know student or a group or online to a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> um, and we we have to like you really have to cozy up to that you really have to lean into that <clears throat> excuse me and embrace it Mm-hmm. and and befriend it in many mm-hmm. ways and knowing that there is no end to this learning. And right. for me as someone who teaches teachers, um, I think 
it's a really important sign when someone questions themselves. This kind of imposter syndrome too, I yes. think, keeps us in check. It keeps us thinking and and checking in and and questioning. Because mm-hmm. for me, there's there's nothing worse than when when you think when you think that's it. You know, like as right. soon as you think you have the full picture, you probably haven't quite learned <laughs> right. at all. You know, like it's the good sign of someone who's you know, really learning and expanding is that they're also aware of how much they don't know. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think that's a really important thing to realize. You know, we have these, I know in, in our trainings, we often have people come in and, you know, we talk a lot about therapeutics and, um, you know, anatomy and physiology and things. And it's, it's not uncommon for people to kind of leave and feel like maybe I should become a medical provider. And I always speak to that too, because, you know, <laughs> the grass is always greener. There's so much of <laughs> the healthcare provider that we don't know. So right. Whether you're an MD or an ND or a chiropractor or an acupuncturist, you know, there's there's never a place where we kind of like the book is shut and mm-hmm. <laughs> the conversation's over. So we have to remember, I think, that as yoga teachers, our number one job is to be of service. Yes. So we, we show up with the tools that we have. We do the best that we can. And we have a commitment to continuing to learn. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you tapped on into something with that, you know, we start to feel inadequate or we start to feel like we can't if we don't know or we don't know enough and all these things. And what can happen is it can end up stifling, I believe, our ability to expand uh, mm-hmm. by just stepping into, and like you said, serving uh, the community and your students that you're teaching. So I think sometimes this idea of the imposter syndrome and the different things of of waiting till we think we know it all can actually inhibit our ability to expand and grow as a teacher. Kind of like you said earlier, you know, you kind of got to get comfortable with that and put yourself out there Mm. and be willing, right, to really get into that place of at the end of the day, you're, you're serving, right? Like you said, your, your students and your community and the other will come. Um, speak a little more though, to, to understand um, from your experience as a teacher, because you've been teaching for a while as mm-hmm. to kind of your process of how you go about encountering, I guess, new information and how you're going to share that and not get overwhelmed um, by all of it. Like, how do you begin to even, you know, pick, I guess, the pieces that you'll start to share? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's always a, a tricky part for me. I have so many things that are interesting to me, much like probably many other people. Um, that, you know, (laughs) there's always the projects and picking and choosing one to focus on and, and be committed to for a little while. But I think, you know, to what you said too, I think that oftentimes these self-limiting beliefs and expectations can be a big part of what hold us back from doing the Mm -hmm. thing, whatever that next project is, whatever that next thing on our list is, you know, that, that kind of ultra filtration, (laughs) you know, that our perfectionism kind of casts on us, overly filtering and holding us back from kind of doing what feels more natural or authentic or, or needed, I think can often just stop us in our tracks. And so for me, uh, it's also just, just being aware of that, how much, not only my expectations, but the expectations of the people around me, especially people close to me, mm-hmm. really influence how I 
how I live my life and how I see myself and my ability to kind of shed some of that, those self-limiting beliefs. Right. Um, I think to me is a big part of the yoga practice to be able to question, you know, a lot of times I hear this from teachers, you know, like, who am I to be sharing this? Like, I, I don't know enough or I'm not ready. And right. I have the same exact feelings. I mean, I, it's not, I can't even think of one time where I've led a course or led a training or a class where I didn't question myself. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I've, I've been doing this long enough now that, that I'm okay with that. And I realize that it's a healthy thing to do to question right. myself and to, to have that. I, I, you know, I welcome it, but it doesn't necessarily make it easy. It still <laughs> means that sometimes I have to push through. Right. Um, well, like you mentioned yeah. about that, arrive, you know, it's kind of like you, you should start to pay attention when you feel like you've arrived and you do know it all, um, <laughs> of what's going on then. And, yeah. um, you know, and I'm sure, uh, and you can speak to this, but as you put yourself into that position, um, and you, you have numerous opportunities to share and, to, to, you know, lead or to train that, you know, you build a sense of confidence and then, you know, that you are capable, right. And you, you've done it. Um, and then you'll, I'm sure, uh, from what I know and the relationship I have with you that you're in refinement as well as mm-hmm. each time, you know, what, and that's the beauty too, coming back to, there's just so much that even in, the different courses, I would imagine you're still gaining information mm-hmm. that for the next time that mm-hmm. something new will be added to it because it is always growing and expanding. Absolutely. I mean, I think we all know as teachers that we, we learn by teaching a lot too. I was just saying right. this to q and I had earlier today, you know, as a, as a teacher, you know, I learn and get better too as I teach. And so I often recommend to people, you know, when they're doing courses with us online, you know, <laughs> When you turn off the computer, go and tell someone you live with or call someone on the phone and try and explain it to them because that teaching is yes. also how we learn. And yeah, I mean, the confidence is there, but I do think I'm, I'm like anyone else, you know, where the, mm-hmm. the confidence wavers for me, what really neutralizes it all is just remembering that I'm there to be of service. Right. Me, that's what takes it all away and puts it all in perspective. Otherwise yes. I would probably do nothing. I'm so overwhelmed by right. insecurities and yeah. perfectionism and my own, you know, my own self-limiting beliefs that it would be really difficult for me um, to to do that. I can put things off and, you know, just like the best of them. So yeah, exactly. for me, when I remember, when I just think about all the, the patients and students that I've worked with and the teachers that I've worked with and how helpful, you know, the comments I get from people, to me, that's what puts it in perspective that, okay, Tiffany you can be in process and still show up. You can, Mm -hmm. it's okay. And I think I always encourage our teachers to do this as well. It's, it's okay not to have all the answers. In fact, I think it's really good um, for me as a teacher to, to, to not have the answers because people trust you more. Right. (laughs) Well, you have the answers to everything. I don't know about you, but you go to someone and they have the answer to everything. (laughs) You kind of start to go, Hmm. Right. Is it possible? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it shows that you are in the process as well. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, I think a a quality, you know, as a teacher is that, you know, we don't know it all. We are in process as well Mm -hmm. as wanting to equip our students to be in that exploration. I think that's also what, what, you know, 
gives us this really valuable place. I said before how a lot of times teachers come to our trainings and think they want to learn more and become medical providers, but you know, the grass is always greener. <laughs> and, and I really think there's such an important place for the yoga teacher that the medical provider can't fulfill. Yes. Um, we get to be in this experience with them, you know, and there's so much to that, that you can't explain with a diagnosis. There's so mm -hmm. much beyond, you know, like you work with, if you work with 10 different people with headaches, they all have really different <laughs> symptoms and yet they might be getting a very similar treatment from their doctors potentially. Right. Um, and so I think it's important as yoga teachers, we fill this really important role of living in that experience and all the nuances with it and really getting to know them really well um, that, that their healthcare providers don't usually get, even as an, even as an acupuncturist, you know, I've still am seeing, you know, two or three patients <laughs> at a time, usually in an hour. And right. so, you know, as a yoga teacher, I get to spend that full time with someone and really, you That's know, really right. get to know them well. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked about obviously the yoga teacher. Um, let's kind of shift and talk about just from a, a practitioner standpoint. And this obviously applies to teachers as well, looking at this concept. But when I think about like the physicality of the yoga asana practice and like kind of what do you believe supports our ability to kind of expand beyond just what the pose looks like? So Back in that, when I mentioned the other episode that you and I have um, shared in season one, we talked a lot about aesthetics and functions of yoga poses, but what do you believe or, or what is, are we capable and available to us for this ability to expand beyond just what the scene, you know, uh, visualization of these poses are? Yeah, I think it's such a good question. And I really enjoyed talking about that with you before, because you know, as humans, it's human nature to kind of look at a pose and want to find the best way to do it. There's that perfectionism again. Mm -hmm. you know, we want to know exactly what angle I'm supposed to be at and what I'm engaging and what I'm relaxing. And, you know, we love the cues. And I think there's a very, a very valuable place for that. Um, however, there's, there's a lot more to it. Anyone mm -hmm. who, and, you know, I think anyone who's practiced for a little while, maybe experimented with some different teachers and styles has probably found that there's something beyond that as well. And mm -hmm. each of those I think serves an important purpose, but to expand beyond just that, you know, shape of the pose and the alignment cues, I think is a really important tool to have and really requires this deep connection to ourselves to be able to listen, to sense mm. our needs in the moment, which are changing, you know, might change right. hour to hour, even day to day, decade right. to decade, our, our changing experiences um, and to be able to listen without needing an answer mm -hmm. because yeah. we tend to shade in what we want to hear. We tend to kind of <laughs> think about it. And it's interesting too, because even as yoga practice, there's, um, you know, there's a movement modality to it. And oftentimes people approach it with an exercise mentality too, which, you know, which is fine. I think it can fill that, that need as well. Um, but you know, with exercise, we have this feeling of having to kind of you know, do the things and check the boxes and, right. and, you know, go through the motions. And yet sometimes our body needs something different. I think there's so much to our health and well-being that is much deeper than that. You know, just because right. research can put some numbers on how much movement we need a day, it doesn't necessarily mean that those other things aren't important. Right. And you tapped into, you, you mentioned mindset. So when I think about 
and I'm fascinated <laughs> with the mind and all the, you know, uh, different mindsets and our ability to rewire and all that. And so let's talk about that, like you do, this overall mindset to support an ability of that kind of expanded or expansion experience that we can begin to tap into beyond the pose. I often say kind of like, it's about the pose, but it's not about the pose. (laughs) Like the pose gets people's attention. You know, it's how people I think here in the West in particular are drawn into the practice. I know personally, that's how I encountered uh, the yoga practice was actually in a gym setting. Um, but thinking about the mindset piece of, and this too, I'm thinking about from a yoga teacher standpoint of providing, whether it's in my language or just the overall experience, an opportunity for, for students to tap into that expanded uh, space that goes beyond the pose for, you know, possibly a deeper understanding of themselves, um, you know, while also finding relevance, you know, in the yoga practice, because I'm a huge advocate for that, you know, it's like this, you know, when there's relevance, you're probably going to dedicate to it a little bit more when you really notice the relevance in your life. So let's talk about mindset and how that that opens up opportunity, do you think, for this expansion? Yeah, I I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways (laughs) I think there's a lot of different things in there we could talk on. Um, But I think for me, along this line of expansion, I think for me, again, when you talk about mindset, I just keep coming back to this idea of deep listening because as I listen, I open up doorways to, I open up my awareness to be able to strip away expectations, strip away opinions, strip away beliefs, strip away visuals and pictures of what I think it should look like and and really create space for the truth in our experience, mm. which is I think a really big part of that next phase, you know, once you have some of the physical layers of the practice and whether that's as a student or a teacher, you know, I think that that next layer is really that expansion into deep listening and deep mm. connection. Yeah, our yoga practices, you know, we're coming back to that, that union, that interlinking of different parts of mind and body. And that deep listening is really what I think provides that deep connection to ourselves, that listening again, like without an answer, you Mm. know, how many times do we listen, even in maybe like a, a yin pose, we might be listening and feeling sensation, but we're also then trying to figure out what it actually means and when will it change <laughs> and what's my agenda? And can I get to this range of motion or can I do this? Um, but l- really listening without an agenda, without needing an answer, without a story to be able to sense what's there so that we can support some other aspects, maybe the nervous system or the energetics or our physiology, our mental health. I mean, I think mm-hmm. deep listening can be a way of supporting a lot of those other aspects um, right. Potentially the physical yeah. aspect as well. Exactly. Um, so let's kind of expand into, you know, from thinking about, you know, the balance really of all things and the yin and yang of things. And I think about when I talked about the words in the beginning and this, this concept of expansion and, um, you know, I often think and an understanding it's good to understand what might possibly feel like the opposite of something, but it could possibly be something that is a catalyst um, to, you know, something coming from it. And I think about expansion, but then I think about the balance of opposites. So thinking about constriction or contraction and how sometimes 
those those contractions of something and this might be kind of I don't I don't mean for it to be vague but kind of a little broader brushstroke of this but that that contraction could actually propel us into expanding into something uh, beyond uh, maybe that could be limiting us. Um, so kind of speak from your under, your knowledge, obviously, and expertise of, of understanding Chinese medicine, because I think it's quite interesting, this balance of opposites when we think about expansion. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I love that topic. And actually, I just want to say one thing, because I just thought of yeah. one more thing for for the practitioner as well. And I think you can just put this in your pocket yeah. for what we were talking about for mindset. Curiosity, mm. I think, is one word to, you know, listening, yeah. I think, can be a little more vague, although I think it has a lot of deep meaning to it. But mm -hmm. curiosity is another one, I think, that melts the judgment. It melts mm. the fear, right? We get into these poses or these situations talked a lot about self-limiting beliefs and if it, for me curiosity is such a word it's a technique I love in a lot of ways in a yoga practice to just welcome students to be curious and teachers too it opens yes. our mind to new possibilities you know for this idea of expansion it, it allows us to look at new ways of thinking and understanding things and also brings us into the awareness and experience in our body mm. which is you know really our our um, area of, of, of work that we do. Right. Well, and so. I think about the perfection piece, it kind of helps to, if you approach mm -hmm. it with curiosity, it pulls you away from kind of the perfection of what the pose looks like or what you think it should look like. You know, can I be curious um, to explore it possibly in a, you know, a different way um, mm -hmm. that, I mean, yeah, it help. I think that's helpful. Um, that curious word. And there's a playfulness to it, right? Yes. It kind of invites you in. There's something yes. about that playfulness that kind of sheds a little bit of the, you know, like I've got to do this pose. Or I've got to get into this thing. Um, I got to get it right or yes. whatever that there's, might be. There's no end point to it, right? There's no need to figure it out. Right. And when I think about expanding beyond uh, that, that whole beyond word, um, you know, I think about could I possibly in the mindset be limiting myself from going to that expanded beyond uh, just that could come from the curious uh, playfulness of, you know, I think about like a little excavation going on an exploration, mm -hmm. you know, as to what I might find <laughs> in that adventure exactly. that day. You're becoming the researcher. I, I love that. And, and the curiosity allows us to kind of experiment a little bit and, and find what you may and not have to, you know, not have to get to any, any endpoints so <laughs> right. much. Right. And I think we take, um, you know, I've often said this in classes I've taught of just can, you know, like take the practice seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously. I mean, be in, you know, <laughs> what's showing up today and explore and those things, because I think we can get so serious um, about it. And especially if we start to dive deeper, you know, the, the depth of the information could start to really take a very serious tone, or that's my experience. And, um, you know, that is kind of just lightening it up a little bit so that it does continue to spark curiosity mm -hmm. and it doesn't become something that's kind of feels heavy and, you know, um, bogged down, so to speak. We kind of tend to bring our type A tendencies, I think, to yoga practice too. And I <laughs> yeah. think curiosity for me allows us to really just be present 
you mm-hmm. know, it allows us to go. And this probably ties right into that idea of balance that you wanted to come back to. But yeah, the this balance of, of doing versus being, you know, yoga oh, yeah. practice is is an act of doing something right. Usually, <laughs> you know, we definitely have more practices toward um, aimed more at doing versus being. And, and in Chinese medicine, it kind of represents that yin and yang, the yang of of doing and creating the time we spend on our to-do list mm. versus this very precious yin that is more about being and these introspective practices like meditation and um, restorative and yin practices more in comparison to the vinyasa or the hatha or yangar practices, which are more about you know the alignment. And obviously there's layers to both of these. And what's beautiful about the yin and the yang, if you're familiar with that yin-yang symbol, you see those two little dots. Those dots, you see the white dot on the black side and the black dot on the white side are the kind of the seed of each within the other. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of meant to kind of show that both of these yin and yang are actually dependent on each other. They turn into each other. So it's not just like one and then the other, but they are also intermingling and feeding and supporting and controlling each other as well. So there's mm, this, yeah, there's this idea that that picture of the yin yang symbol is, is moving like water that one is turning into the other. And so, you know, these practices in the, in the yoga context are ways of, of creating balance in Chinese medicine in a very simplistic sense. The idea of having this balance between yin and yang is representative of this kind of picture of health and well-being. Now there's, you know, a lot more and you could study <laughs> Chinese medicine like anything your whole life and still have plenty to learn. Um, but that's a very simplistic understanding of how important this idea of balance is within us in, especially when we're looking at health and wellness and refining, you know, when, when someone's really sick or, you know, if you're in a car accident, you, you go to the emergency room and keeping them alive is a little bit more clear sometimes usually not clear cut <laughs> picture but when we talk about refining health and well-being it's a little bit more finesse and it really requires more inquiry more listening more curiosity to be able to constantly shift and juggle this idea of balance in chinese medicine is in a constant state of flux so it's mm, it's never yeah. it's never sedentary <laughs> so you know we spend so much of our days going and doing and creating in this very young side um, you know, a lot of these introspective practices can be a really great way to balance out the busyness of our lives. Now, you know, most of us end up, <laughs> the catch 22 is that most of us end up also sitting a lot of the day, Yeah. right? So <laughs> there is a place for all of this. We, we usually need some physical movement. Um, and, you know, I think one of the big things to look at, there's a lot we could talk about in Chinese medicine. And I, I love using it in yoga because I feel like they're, so, so linked and, and so convenient mm-hmm. to um, support each other. But when we're, we're using these practices, something that can be really helpful is just noticing how you feel afterwards. So noticing your responses to practices. Right. You know, I feel better after a vigorous practice or worse after a vigorous practice. Some people, sometimes you might feel more tired. Sometimes you might feel really energetic. Do I feel better or worse after I sleep, after I eat certain foods or remedies or medicines or yoga practices. Um, To me, what yoga instills us with is this, what we've talked about is this ability to be mindful and listen and notice so that we can now kind of take our hands on the steering wheel and start to adjust this balance process and Mm -hmm. 
being able to find this way to kind of manage this, <laughs> this system a little bit. Right. I think about that, you know, where do you, the flux and the fluctuation. And I even think about like, even in the yoga practice that we need to cross train, we, you know, and I think about preferences and I think about things that we end up getting geared towards that, mm -hmm. you know, is what we prefer. And then I had, a, I actually had a conversation with a student this week about this of, she was proceeding to tell me at this yoga studio where I teach about the classes that she prefers. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then she was talking about, you know, and I was trying to encourage her to jump into some of the less, you know, physicality of like the movement and the, or, or whatever it was, and to try some of the more that would have been more yin quality or, or characteristic. And, you know, tr just talking through with her, the, the, the value and exploring both of those. And, um, and she was on board with that conversation. Uh, but she also, you know, had a certain thing and that's, you know, human nature, we have a certain thing we get used to and what we like, and it's no different in yoga. And I think that part, like you're speaking to the curiosity of understanding the balance between the value of exploring both, um, to really find that balanced state. I think we hear balance so much that, that becomes one of those words again, um, and that we get set in a way of doing something that we forget to explore or to be curious about possibly another way. Mm -hmm. I think one, I mean, obviously everyone's a little different and it can be challenging, I think, to, uh, you know, for a lot of people to categorize where do they put these introspective practices because right. we know where to put like we've got to put movement and exercise in a certain place on our to-do list and our priority list I wrote an article a long time ago called I think it was called the value of nothing and <laughs> you know I, I think it's really important that we look at how we approach these practices and and sometimes as a teacher it requires us to like as you did do a little bit of education and finding ways to inform people um, but the one way I think that's really helpful is just considering this energy input versus energy output. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, do, do I need to put more back into the system versus, you know, sometimes we just need to move around and, and, and kind of let it go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so, and there's really a valuable place for both of those The mm -hmm. you know, the catch is trying to find what's most helpful for you. And I think being able to instill that in your students of just being aware of energy input versus output. Most people over the age of maybe even 30, but definitely 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, older and in a further through our lifespan have experienced some degree of um, fatigue or exhaustion or burnout potentially mm -hmm. and have had some of that experience of <laughs> too much energy output <laughs> and can relate to that. And so when I think about these introspective practices as a way to recharge or nourish, or I often use the visual of like, like you'd plug your iPhone and you got to set it down to plug <laughs> it in to recharge usually. And so, you know, with the yoga practice, it, it's the same, you know, we, we slow down and, and our energy can shift our literal energy, not, not esoteric energy, but our, our ATP and energy currency of the body can shift from moving us and thinking about things and all of this exterior world to now spending our energy currency within the cellular processes and the organs to heal mm. and repair and create more energy as we just shift now how we're using our energy. Because if I'm asking my body to move and do things, it's always going to shift that energy in that direction. 
Versus mm. if I slow down enough, my body's like, okay, now I can do, we can do the housekeeping and right. go to work and do all these right. things that she needs to be doing right now that she's not. Right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I think just understanding the value of it is important because mm. it's, it's human nature to lay down and be like, well, what am I doing? Like, why am I right. here? I feel like I'm wasting my time, mm. you know? So I always have to be like, the longer you've been doing yoga, the harder it is sometimes to have that patience for people. And I have to come back to like, okay, I, I get it. If I yeah. were you and I never done yoga before, I would be the same. I'd be fidgeting. Right. I'd be like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Why am I wasting my time here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, and that's funny you said that because that was part of the conversation. She said she had been to a, a more yin type class and she's like, she said, I felt like I was just doing nothing. <laughs> And of course, you know, meeting her where she is, that's why my approach always. And, and I said, well, you know, um, and I think I might even pulled out the whole, you know, well, maybe you're just curious about something different that you're not, you know, <laughs> used to and see, she's like, and then she kind of, by the time we were through the conversation, she was like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I guess it is beneficial for me to do <laughs> something, yeah. uh, you know, different. And I, and like you said, I think it's just bringing awareness to it. And how can we, you know, for ourselves, you know, be willing, right, to listen and to, to evaluate those things for ourselves. And then as teachers to support our students always to be in that exploration again, that excavation of understanding how to interpret the needs that they have for their practice. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I think as a yoga teacher, you're constantly having to do that is like quickly summarize things. Even more so, I work with athletes a lot and like even more so, they tend to be some of the more ADD people yes. <laughs> that I work with. And and so like you have to be able to go really succinct. So that's why I love the iPhone plugging in. It's such a great one. And right. you know, like for some people, they're really interested in Chinese medicine. So I can talk to you know the kidneys and they might be wanting to hang around and have more of a conversation. But most of the time, I've got to be able to make it really succinct and you know speak to them in a language that's meaningful to them. Right. I think that's kind of the, the potency of what we do as yoga teachers. However, you know, that being said, your, your student who was in the yin class as a yin teacher, we can't explain everything every time. And so we kind of have to let go of that too, as a teacher that <laughs> there's only so much we can do. And, and as we're talking more like in a yin practice, we're now, we're now filling in that silence and space, which is really nourishing. And so you know, I always have to weigh it out. And remember, there's, you know, always a bigger picture to everything. I always like, this is kind of a nice way to summarize all of this, I think. And I always like to think of everything we do in yoga, as well as holistic healthcare, um, as being a gardener. You know, we are doing the best as their yoga teacher to provide the optimal environment for them to thrive. Mm. Knowing that everyone's going to respond a little different, knowing that everyone's in a different place on this path of life. Everyone has different priorities and goals. And so, the more that we can kind of check in and find out what that is, the more supportive we can be. But ultimately, we have to do our best, show up to be of service, keep learning, keep that commitment to learning, and then just do our best and let go of the rest. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because there's so much that's out of our hands. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great note <laughs> for us mm -hmm. to kind of conclude on and um, such a great conversation that, you know, could fill this expansion conversation, but to really try to kind of pinpoint, you know, just a few thoughts and insight around, you know, how to look at it and perceive it. And ultimately, like I said earlier, just, you know, make it relevant 
make it relevant in your life and, um, you know, just be in that pursuit and explore. So I appreciate you spending time with me today, Tiffany, but before we wrap up, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share what you have going on, what's going on with yoga medicine. And I'm certain there's lots of expanded opportunities for people to plug in and connect with you and yoga medicine. Yeah. I mean, I think everything's on our website, yogamedicine.com. We as you know, we were just chatting beforehand about our <laughs> podcast that just launched and um, some resources there. We have our classes, our teaching, so especially for teachers, um, really aimed at teachers who want to individualize their work. Um, and then we're on all the social media platforms as yoga medicine. And um, I just hope that this was helpful. And, and I think yeah. along this, this line of expansion to this reminder that sometimes it just takes creating a little bit of space Mm. And, and creating a little bit of space in our lives to provide um, room for that expansion to happen. So, you know, sometimes it's stepping back or finding maybe time to be on your mat and not have expectations or limitations. I mean, obviously mm. at some point there's a limitation <laughs> <laughs> for an hour, you know, right. but finding ways to create space and um, to allow for the expansion, I think is an important part of it. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. I appreciate you, the work you're doing, and um, it's just been great chatting with you today. I wish you well. Thank you. Nice to chat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. Before you head out into your day, let me ask you this. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about your direction and the direction you should take in your teaching path? Or possibly you feel uncertain about some of your teaching skill sets and you're ready to refine and grow, but you just don't want to add one more training. Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to have in your life and in your teaching career to come alongside of you to help you sift through and reinforce and challenge your skill set so that you can create longevity and sustain a healthy teaching career. You know, sometimes it can even feel lonely out there trying to figure out everything and you may even feel like you don't know who or where you can even turn to. Well, let me tell you, look no further. I have been teaching yoga for 20 years now. Gosh, I can't believe it. And have had a variety of teaching experience as well. I have trained and educated teachers for a decade. And quite honestly, I can say that I am your, the yoga teacher's biggest fan. I want to see you be successful as a teacher, and that is why I am dedicated to spending time as a mentor for yoga teachers. Want to know how you can get started? Well, how you can get this invaluable clarity and support that is uniquely designed for you in a one-on-one -on -one experience? Well, it's easy. You begin by scheduling a free 45-minute call with me, and we'll get to know each other, and I want to hear all about your teaching journey. I want to hear where you may have some obstacles and how I can support you through this process. That's it. It's easy, right? So let's connect. Go to my website, sandyraper.com, and schedule your call today, and I'll be waiting to hear from you.
Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.